The Joy of M Sports presents The Sweet Spot with Corey Bradley. Into Sean Elliott. He fires the three. Welcome to the Sweet Spot, sponsored by Pinch of Penny Pool Patio and Spa. I'm your host, Corey Bradley. Thank you for joining us again on another exciting episode of the Sweet Spot. As you just heard that audio from NBC back in 1999 when Bob Costas and Doug Collins made that broadcast call when Sean Elliott hit that corner three-pointer in Game 2 of the Western Conference Finals against the Portland Trail Blazers, a game where the Spurs trailed by as many as 18 points before Sean Elliott hit that corner three-pointer that eventually gave the Spurs a 2-0 lead in the Western Conference Finals, a historic moment that Spurs fans will always remember as that moment there helped propel the San Antonio Spurs to their first ever NBA championship in franchise history. And so those of you that know me understand I'm a huge San Antonio Spurs fan. I mean, this is my favorite sports team ever. You know, I've mentioned them through a few episodes as far as giving examples or references or, you know, just something to illustrate a certain point based on my fanhood of the Spurs. You know, I'll use San Antonio as an example in several different ways. So with the offseason preparing to hit full swing, I mean, the NBA draft is on November 18th. Free agency starts two days later on the 20th. I decided to talk to another great San Antonio Spurs fan, my uncle, Kenya Bradley. I mean, he's the reason why I'm a Spurs fan to this day. So I wanted to talk to him, kind of get his thoughts of, you know, what San Antonio needs to get back to contending again, you know, because this year was the first time the Spurs did not make the playoffs in 22 seasons. So take a listen to what my uncle, Kenya Bradley, had to say about the San Antonio Spurs past, present, and future. You know, Kenya, when people find out that I'm a San Antonio Spurs fan, they always ask me, how'd you become a Spurs fan? Like, are you from San Antonio? Are you from Texas? And I'm like, no, I'm not from Texas. I've always been here from Alabama. But my uncle Kenya is a Spurs fan, and I grew up watching sports with him. I spent a lot of time with him as a kid and, you know, learned not just about basketball, but football and baseball, just watching sports with him as a little kid so Kenya man tell me how did you become a San Antonio Spurs fan in the first place well with me it started when uh the Spurs drafted David Robinson I was a big fan of David Robinson coming out of Naval Academy in college and so you know I followed him in college and then when he got ready to leave the Naval Academy and the Spurs had the number one pick that year and drafted him I began to follow the Spurs closely from that point on because I was just a, a big fan of David Robson, of how he just basically how he carried himself. Uh, I've never seen a big man run like he did up and down the court. And I just liked the way he played the game. He It wasn't about himself. He was just a team player. He was 
willing to do whatever it took for the team to be successful. And that's how I always played sports. I, I like the way that he carried himself and modeled himself on the court. So I followed him from that point and been a huge Spurs fan, uh, fan since then. Now, back in the early days, back when uh, George Gervin was leading the Spurs, there'd be times I would have seen a game or two when they would play, but I never, you know, became a big fan until they drafted David Robinson and I started following David Robinson's career from, from the Mayo Academy. So that's where I became a, a Spurs fan from that point. So you spoke on David Robinson. We know he was one member of the Twin Towers. The other member was Tim Duncan, who was the first overall pick in the 1997 NBA draft. This is when the San Antonio Spurs started to take their franchise to a whole new level, which included a total of five NBA championships. We know the first came in 99 when the Spurs beat the Knicks. 03, it was against the Nets. 05, over the Pistons. 07, against the Cavaliers. And 14, 2014, against the Miami Heat. Give us a breakdown of each championship that the Spurs earned that really began their dynasty, a true dynasty, one that, you know, wasn't just a two-peat or a three-peat. Like, this is five championships over 15 years, like a lasting, sustained success. Speak on each championship and give us uh, an analysis breakdown of how the San Antonio Spurs earned each one of those rings. Okay, we're starting with the uh, 99 championship. Now, that one was a shortened season due to a strike. But like you said, when they uh, drafted Tim Duncan as well with a number one pick and paired Tim Duncan up with David Robinson, that became a very good duo. And they were able to play good defense and be a very decent offensive team. But when they played the Knicks in that 99 series, I said to myself, there'll be no way they could beat the Knicks because the Knicks had Sprewell in Houston and I said to myself, there's no way San Antonio can defend those two guys and still be able to maintain a chance to win the championship. But I guess I should have realized, though, you go back a, a series before the end when they played the Portland Trailblazers in the Western Conference, uh, I think it might have been the finals, mm-hmm. and Sean Elliott made that Memorial Day shot but I still yet to figure out how he did not have his heel on the out-of-bounds line. He able to stay on the ball of his feet, catch the ball, shoot a three-pointer, and basically move them forward. So I guess that momentum just carried them over. And when they played the Knicks, it just seemed like from game one all the way through the game four, they just kept getting better and better and they played some of the best defense to this day that I've ever seen played. The way they controlled Houston and Sprewell. You had Larry Johnson on that team. Had, that, that team was loaded with the Knicks. And I still to this day say, how did they pull that off? By looking back, they played good defense, hit time and shot. And as you know, one they have one of the legendary coaches now. He's Started his uh, coaching career with the uh, head coaching career with the San Antonio Spurs, Greg Popovich. And I guess they would sort of say the proof is in the pudding. 
So he has developed a, a Hall of Fame coach. So I guess that was some of that pedigree coming out. They was able to figure out a way to maintain the Knicks firepower and win that name nine championship. And I was happy with that one. But they went on to win four more. And I was like, man, yes. It was just amazing to see them pull that one out. Yes. Now take me through the 03 series where the San Antonio Spurs beat the New Jersey Nets. Four games to two. Talk about that matchup between the Spurs and the Nets. Now, that one against New Jersey, but now David Robinson was on the end of his career on that one. So the team that basically became Tim Duncan's team at that point, it was beginning to be more about Tim Duncan than it was David Robinson. And that goes some of that unselfishness again, where a lot of guys sort of pounded their chest and like, wait a minute, I hadn't left here yet. I'm still the number one option, but Duncan was, you know, Robinson was willing enough to say, okay, he's coming along. I can take a back seat to him and play along with him. And we started to see Duncan come along then. And with that team, even though you still had Robinson there, you started to see a lot of the role players become real big factors in that series. And you had role players that had a young guy named Manu Ginobili coming along and he could have been a starter on any other team in the league. But with that team, he was sometimes coming off the bench as a sixth player. But that whole team was a group of basically of role players, but you still had your two anchors with, at that point, was still David Robinson and Tim Duncan. And again, you look at that Detroit team, they were loaded as well. They had just won the year before. Mm-hmm. And they had Chauncey Billups, Rasheed Wallace, for a power four, he was a nightmare to cover. Richard Hamilton, and again, defense. And if you look at that series, the scoring was very <laughs> low because they played defense in that series to beat Detroit. Now, some of the games were very close. It came you know, down to the several games within less than 10 points. But they were able to play the good defense, have enough offense to just wear out Detroit and finish that series off. Now, in that series, Big Shot Rob, as they call him, uh, Robert Ory, like talk about him, uh, you know, this guy came up huge in that series with timely buckets, including the game-winning three uh, to help give that Spurs that 3-2 lead in Game 5. Let me talk about his play. As you mentioned, some of the role players, but he came up huge in that series against the Pistons as well. Yes, he did. He was, and he has, I would say, has earned his nickname Big Shot Rob, not only for the Spurs, but he's done it for several other teams. That team that's in L.A., I won't call their name. But, he, <laughs> so he, but he's, he's one of those role players that was on that team that stayed ready when, you know, you probably figured whether they're going into Duncan or it's going to be something for Robinson or maybe a Ginobili on an ISO play. And he was just stayed ready, right spot, unselfish basketball, make the next pass. You have a good shot, but if you can make a pass and get a great shot, that became a part of the Spurs mantra there. And you could see that happening 
with the role players. They stayed ready, able to make big shot to big shot, play after play. And you, and that's when I started realizing you really did not have to have a team full of, as you would say, stars. If you have one or two very good players, but surround them with the right role players around them, you could be very successful. And that was one of the first teams I've seen do that. And then if you watch the Spurs throughout the year, they were able to maintain that. Even though they had their anchor, they were able to keep role players around that anchor to continue to have season after season of making the playoffs. I mean, one of the longest streaks ever to make the playoffs year after year. It didn't get broken until this year. And, you know, I said Big Shot Rob. I think it was actually Big Shot Bob. So I misled, misled <laughs> okay. you there with his nickname. Uh, but we all know the work that Robert Ori did. And like you said, uh, what he did in L.A., I wasn't—I was kind of hesitant when he joined San Antonio because I was like, okay, I don't like this guy at all based off what we—the battles that those Spurs had with that team, as we won't call the name, as you mentioned. But I was just like, okay, just continue doing what you did against us. Do it for us now. And he did that— uh, you know, with uh, also getting two more championships with San Antonio. Now, leading into 07 against the Cavaliers, a very young LeBron James-led team there in Cleveland, uh, you know, it was a battle. The, the Spurs ended up sweeping that series. Now, each game wasn't uh, wasn't a cakewalk, though, but talk, take us through that series that the Spurs had against the Cavaliers. Okay, well, that series, we begin to see a young Tony Parker begin to emerge. Now, he just... Uh, probably in the league maybe a year or two at that point. But he was beginning to show his maturity as playing. Now, he had a rough series. There was several games where he might have played as well, but he was not forcing the issue too much. And like, again, the role players again stepped up and made play after play. I mean, you had guys like Bruce Bowen on that team that was he saw that he could play defense throughout the season, but Every now and then when you saw there was an open shot in the corner, he could make that three-pointer. That helped him out. So you began to see that role play again, even though at this point Robinson had retired. Duncan is now your anchor on this team. But who would have known too late? I think Ginobili might have been a second-round pick. Yes, he was. And Tony, a late first round, he might have even been a second-round pick at the time. But you're looking at two guys who will be, to my, in my opinion, first ballot Hall of Famers when it comes time. So you had Duncan, who was showing you right away that he was without a doubt the best power forward to play the game. Then you can add those two guys in there, and with their unselfish attitude, along with the role players that was put on that team around them. And I think this was the year when McDyce joined that team. Mm-hmm. And you had guys on the bench like, Steve Smith, a veteran. Yeah. And Kevin Willis, another veteran. So you had guys on that team that played their role along with their anchors and, again, defense. That was another championship that was strictly won with defense. And it was – and I'm a defensive guy. I, Me too. I would rather go out there and just – I don't have to take a shot to be happy. If I got to just play defense and grab rebounds, I'd be a happy captain. So that's what I like about that Spurs team as well. Defense played hard-nosed defense, 
rebound the ball, and just made opportune shots when they came available. You know, Kenya, I'm with you as well. Like, I've always been defensive-minded. I'd rather stop you than score on you. Like, there's something about that mentality to say, I know what you want to do, but I'm going to prevent you from doing it. And I love that about the San Antonio Spurs, how they've always been defensive-minded first. Pass, move the ball, not only get a good shot, but get the best shot. And, you know, that's what the... Uh, what makes San Antonio and separates them from so many other NBA teams is the way they play team basketball. Now, uh, talk about the 2014 championship, the redemption championship, where the San Antonio Spurs were able to redeem themselves from that heartbreaking defeat against the Miami Heat, only to see them again a year later and beat them in five games to win the fifth NBA championship in franchise history. Talk about that redemption championship. Yes, that's the word I would have used, redemption, yes. We know what happened the year before. It should have been another championship there. But that redemption championship, then we started seeing they still played defense, but now you begin to see an offensive team with the Spurs, but not a normal offensive team as you would see. They've done it by just basically ball movement. We'll move the ball. Whoever has the best shot, take it. And that team, to me, when I sit there like today, I can pull up on YouTube and sit back and watch it. I just get goosebumps. Matter of fact, I'm getting chills out here right now <laughs> talking about it. Just to watch them play, you would see them go on those epic runs they would go on and you would see a defensive play followed by ball movement to a a layup or Boris Dial throwing the alley-oop to Kawhi Leonard out of, out of bounds play. The block shot and Manu runs down the floor and dunks on Ray Allen. I mean, you just had Mills coming off the bench and just hitting open three after three after three. It was just a beautiful game. I remember just standing up in my living room watching the games and just standing there like, this is how basketball should be played. If people are watching, they should see, this is, to me, this is pure basketball. You're playing on both ends, defense, converting it over to offense, sharing the ball. No one's getting upset about, am I getting enough shots? And we've seen another star being emerged in Kawhi Leonard. He played out of his mind in that series. And he began to become the player that we see today in that series. So the Spurs have always seemed to have that anchor and then get the right role plays, players around them. And of course, throughout this whole year, they kept the same head coach and a majority of the coaching staff. You would have a coach leave here and there, and when they replaced that coach, it was with another quality coach on the bench. But from top all the way down to the bottom, it was just a a organization that, that was ran perfectly to me. 
You know, Kenya, you spoke on that 2014 championship and you mentioned my guy, Patty Mills. Like this is when I became a huge fan of Patty Mills. This was when he became my favorite player. Like I just love his energy uh, when he's on the court. Offensively, of course, we you mentioned his threes and how great of a shooter he is. Defensively, he may not be the best on-ball defender, but he gives you his all, his hustle and all effort every single possession and even when he's not on the court he's rallying the troops he's waving that towel around getting the guys excited getting the fans excited cheering on every teammate whether they're playing or they're on the bench that's when I fell in love with Patty Mills and you know of course Manu Ginobili was the leader of that second unit that came off the bench I mean we know he's a future Hall of Famer and all the great things he did as a San Antonio Spur as well and that 2014 championship was so special because, of course, we talked about it being a redemption championship with the Spurs get an opportunity to redeem themselves and beat the same team that stole one from them the year before. Here they go, get a chance to do it right, and completely throttle the Miami Heat four games to one, displaying some of the best basketball I've ever seen in my life. And if you're a kid, if you're a youngster that wants to learn how to play the game of basketball the right way, watch that 2014 San Antonio Spurs team. The way they played team basketball, shared the ball, great ball, like great ball movement, get the best shot, don't just sell for anything. It's not just about threes, it's about passing the ball, moving without the ball, and getting the best shot for your team. So that 2014 championship was by far my favorite as well. And so when you look at that day, it was on Father's Day when they clinched that championship. So I remember calling you and wishing you a happy Father's Day. And, you know, we sharing that moment together that the Spurs claimed their fifth NBA championship the same day that it's Father's Day. And, man, you know, uh, I was just so ecstatic just the fact not only did they win it, but they won it on that day and getting a chance to to express and, and show you some love as well as, you know, celebrate that championship together with the San Antonio Spurs. So that was a very special moment that I will always cherish and always remember. Yes, it was. Yes, one of the, that one to me is probably the, the one that stands out the most because the way they played that game. And, and then you begin to see a lot of the sports experts. The next day, I was watching the first take with Stephen A. and Skip Bayless was on there. And just listen to them talk about this is the way basketball should be played. If you're watching this, put that in your VCR, DVR, play or whatever, and just watch that. That is how basketball is to be played. And it was just a beautiful thing. So I'm currently joined by my uncle Kenya Bradley from Madison, Alabama, to talk about the San Antonio Spurs, just a glimpse of their history, their past, present, and future. Now, Kenya, the Spurs organization has been considered the epitome of successful franchises for not only the NBA, but for sports organizations in general. What is it about Greg Popovich and the San Antonio Spurs that separates them from the rest? Wow. Standing back and looking at it, I guess I would have to say it starts with your upper management, of course, with R.C. Buford. He won Executive of the Year a couple of times. So he has, the, I guess, a very good feel for getting the right personnel 
on the team. But with Greg Popovich throughout the years, he has always seemed to be a coach said, okay, this is how I want it done. And to me, you have to make sure that your star players or your anchor on the team understands that this is how we do it. And I once heard in an interview said that he would yell at Tim Duncan as well as the 14th guy on the roster. So everyone understood, okay, he's a coach. This is how he wants it done, and they have enough respect to say, okay, we've won several championships. We have averaged 60-plus wins in a season several times. We've been to the playoffs over 20 years in a row. The guy must know what he's talking about. So I even remember uh, Tracy McGrady, who joined the Spurs for a year, mentioned that when he joined the organization, his eyes were open to see how even the stars on the team work as hard as the 15th guy on the team. Nobody takes a day off. Everybody works hard. Everybody listens to the coach. And he said he was just shocked at how he held everyone's attention when he spoke. And everyone wanted to, as you say, have that coach where you would run through a brick wall for. He has that personality where I want to please my coach. I would do what my coach asked me to do. If that means I don't take 20 shots a game, I only take 12. If it's going to be for the good of the team and to win a championship, that's what I'll do. So I say it was just that the organization from top down, they just happened to get the right guys in the right position, and a dynasty was born and still going on. Ken, you hit it on the head, man. Greg Popovich is an amazing coach. And, you know, not only by what he has done by his success on the court, but just his impact that he's had on players, whether they've been on his team or they've been on opposing teams. He is just widely regarded as one of the best coaches to ever coach the game because his knowledge and his personality when it comes to teaching others about the game and about life and how to be a better father, a better son, a better husband. Greg Popovich is not just a player's coach by what he does for them on the court, but what he teaches them about life as well. So I love some Greg Popovich and the level of impact that he's had on not only the San Antonio Spurs community, but the NBA as well is nothing short of spectacular. Stay tuned for part two with my Uncle Kenya Bradley as we dive into the present and future of the San Antonio Spurs in my next episode. You're listening to the Joy FM Sports. It's more than a game. Hey, this is Jack Martin for the Troy Trojans. You're listening to The Sweet Spot with Corey Bradley on the Joy FM Sports. Pinch a Penny Pool, Patio, and Spa is a proud business ministry partner with the Joy FM. More than just a full-service pool and supply company, they offer backyard entertainment options like big green eggs, clear light infrared saunas, and patio furniture. Now locally owned and operated by Jason and Amy Sharp, Pinch a Penny Pool, Patio, and Spa, 1435 Westgate Parkway in Dothan, phone 334-671-POOL. 
Denny Vision is a proud supporter of the Joy FM, and their number one priority is patient satisfaction. They strive to provide a positive experience from the moment each person walks into the office. Denny Vision has an optical lab to create lenses on site, along with a selection of designer optical and sunglass frames. They focus on promoting good eye health while assisting patients in having the clearest vision possible. Their doctors help see the difference, which is their slogan. Located at 151 East Main Street in Dothan, online at DennyVision.com or phone 334-793-2633. Attorney Kaz Espy is a proud supporter of The Sweet Spot with Corey Bradley. Kaz has experience in both federal and state courts regarding a wide range of civil matters. Specializing in bankruptcy, debt resolution, probate, and estate planning, Kaz listens to the concerns of his clients, understanding their individual needs. Attorney Kaz Espy, phone 334-793-6288 or online at espymetcalf.com. No representation is made that the quality of legal services to be performed is greater than the quality of legal services performed by other lawyers. Care Animal Center is a business ministry partner with the Joy FM. Their goal has always been to assemble a team that's dedicated to providing quality veterinary services for their clients' pets. Care Animal Center offers surgical, dental, medical, and pet wellness programs for that furry member of the family. Their website is care-animal.net. Care Animal Center, 3454 West Main Street in Dothan. Phone 334-794-6333. Many of us spend more time thinking about what's for dinner than thinking about retirement. But if you think your retirement deserves more attention, I can help. I'm Edward Jones Financial Advisor, Greg Wakefield. Stop by our office at 5630 West Main Street in Dothan. Edward Jones, making sense of investing. Member SIPC. Ridgecrest Baptist Church proudly supports all local athletics. At Ridgecrest, we have many opportunities for all ages, including children, middle school, high school, and college students. I'm Chase Fault, the student pastor, and I want to invite you to see how your family might fit in at Ridgecrest. Learn more on our website at rbcdothan.org. Welcome back to the sweet spot as we close with today's Triple C segment, Corey's closing comments. This is what I want to share with you today. If they don't know your dreams, they can't shoot them down. If they don't know your dreams, they can't shoot them down. What that means is, of course, we all have dreams, aspirations, goals that we want to accomplish in life, but That doesn't mean you should share them with any and everyone because everyone doesn't have your best interest at heart. Some may wish for those things not to happen or they may give you the wrong advice or say things to discourage you to where you don't follow through with your dreams and goals. So if they don't know what your plans are, they can't shoot them down. They can't tell you, no, you're not good enough, or or I wouldn't do that, or maybe that's not such a good idea. You can't do that here in this city. So just always remember that, you know, it's not best to always share your goals, your good news. Sometimes it's best to just keep it to yourself. Don't be so quick to tell everybody every little thing that's going on in your life or what you have planned in your near future 
like I said, everyone doesn't have your best interest at heart. So learn how to keep things to yourself. Even if you've known them for several years or their family members or it doesn't matter. Some things are just better left unsaid. So always remember, if they don't know your dreams, they can't shoot them down. And as we always say, there's nothing better than being in the sweet spot. Stay in the sweet spot for the Joy FM Sports Facebook page. This has been a presentation of the Joy FM Sports. It's more than a game.